Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It's time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 259. Recording this live in the evening. That's Sunday evening, November 15th, 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from foco.co, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. And with me, as usual, as per usual, 259 consecutive episodes... It is Asif Khan of the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association in Toronto. Located in the center of the known universe, the center of the earth. Just yeah, about, for, for some. Just to like a little to the left of the center, I think. A maybe, little bit. Maybe to the right, based on the election. Asif Khan, how was your week, my friend? Oh, uh, you know, it was uh, business-wise a good one. Uh, difficult on the home front, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's okay. It's all right. There are some assholes out there on the planet. We're just going to leave it like that. Yes, yeah. it's been one of those weeks. Um, we uh, we have uh, 10 great stories today. We've got our industry news. We've got our resource of the week. And then, of course, we've got our great member news, which is some big news that happened this week, obviously. Some colossal news, some great news, especially from Google Maps. I can't wait to mm-hmm. explain that. Uh, what was uh, What's going on with the LBMA? Uh, you got some events coming up? Uh, there is an event. Uh, Sometime? Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> actually there's not a lot of events going on. There is a uh, uh, Dallas chapter event coming up. I want to say, hang on, let me just pull it up. All right, I make it up. Um, I could do I could do like a you know what the ninth uh, December ninth. Um, there's a kind of holiday meetup. Um, you know, just anybody in the Dallas chapter or anybody who wants to be <laughs> hanging out with the Dallas chapter can go uh, uh, there. It's, uh, that information's on the site. That week, I won't be there because uh, I will be in uh, Australia. Oh, that's right. Uh, for the Digital Marketing Leadership uh, 2015 Summit. Uh, three separate events, actually. Uh, 7th, 8th, and 9th um, in uh, Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, in that order, I think. And... Um, yeah, basically the same program in three different cities on three consecutive days. So yeah, that's always fun. Isn't, yeah. isn't traveling like glamorous? Yeah, it's 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 beautiful, man. It's so yeah. beautiful. But you got yeah. back from uh, Charleston, and you made it back from Charleston. Charleston's okay. a really Be- nice place. Better than you. You got back faster than you got down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> that was. Um, yeah, disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Basically. Um, Two misconnections, uh, two canceled flights, uh, three separate airlines uh, to finally get there. Two different airports. Two different airports. Yeah, that's right. Man, yeah. like you covered so much ground to n- yeah, go nowhere. It's ridiculous. I, like I left my house at 7 a.m. that morning and I was supposed to be in Charleston at 12, like at noon basically. Um, and I got there at 9.30 that night. You could have driven. Yeah. Yeah, there and back. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, hopefully it didn't take that long to get back. Mm-mm. Are you buying anything that you from it? That, something that you did you see anything there that you want to buy? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. Just checking. Yeah. All right. Well, what do you say we we uh, we do this show? Let's, uh, let's yeah. Do this let's show. let's jump into it. All right. Um, you know, as I said, we got our, our ten stories and a resource, and we're going to go through this this pretty quickly. Um, if your stories are not one of these ten, shame on you. You should be reaching out to a C for myself. You know how to do it. This is your first episode ever. Welcome. This is episode 259. That means there are 258 other episodes of greater quality, of equal or greater quality than this one, of course. Um, and uh, But you can reach us at me at robinuntether.tv or cfatthelbma.com, and that's where you submit your stories. Yeah, and by the way, somebody did ask me this week about, you know, where are all the guests gone? 
Where and, have all the flowers uh, gone? It, it, it's just time. Uh, so I actually, uh, I've got a guest that we probably have on for next week, and uh, I've got a few more lined up. So the guest will be back. Challenge is that I got a job. Yes, I got Rob a has a job. job. He's not interviewing anybody anymore. I'm not interviewing a soul anymore. Yeah. This is the only podcast that but I do there, because of Yeah, life. there will be some guests. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, let's stockpile some guests. I think that's a good idea. There you so, go. All, all right. right. Well, if you'd like to be a guest, I think that's probably an easy way to do it. Yeah, we've got, let me we've know. got a void. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's jump into the uh, the stories, um, shall we? Because I, uh, I get to start it off as I do all the time. And uh, this involves a Asif Jet, that e-commerce Jet. company, Jet. Jet, Jet, Jet. Now, I've heard of augmented reality or virtual reality for uh, concerts, performances, for in-store kind of uh, product display. I've seen a lot of VR for just gaming, but I've never seen VR for job applicants. So that's no. what Jet is doing. They're bringing VR into their offices, not anywhere else but their offices. So they want you as an uh, applicant to a job that is at Jet to be able to see what it's like to work inside of the Jet offices. So it allows you to basically go in there and take a tour, a virtual reality tour of the offices. These are live cams. It's done with the Samsung Gear VR. This is a way for you to experience Jet before you work there. I, that's it, right? This is pretty simple, is that you can go into the office and uh, they have a whole bunch of live cameras that you can actually be a part of the company before you're a part of the company. It's basically virtual reality voyeur on Jet. I, that's. Am I that's, missing anything that's, on it? That's, that's the story. That, I mean, would you like is, that? I, I don't see the point of this. Yeah. Um, do, do, you, do you think if you're competing for talent... That it would help? Uh, does, does that help you uh, feel better about working there, well, potentially? It, it does Jet, uh, does, does the VR show me, you know, I, I guess you can walk around. Like, if you've been here in Ottawa and you, you can take a tour of the Shopify offices, and it's a very unique thing in Ottawa yeah. to have an office like that. But uh, it's a, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, basically, because they got, like, go-karting inside of the office. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, maybe, maybe it gives you a sense of the culture that's inside of it. But yeah. I, I don't think that it's a competitive advantage. I'm not going to take a job there because they've given me a virtual reality tour of their office no, space. No, no, but, but yeah, I, I think that's what they're going for, right? Is, yeah. is you know, experience the culture of, yeah. of work, you know, what it would be like if you were working here. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have, I'm, I'm, I've got no thoughts on this really because yeah, all right yeah i, I don't He's know speechless that, people. I, I am because i don't know that it's it's worth the effort but the effort that they put into it maybe says something about how they want to kind of differentiate from from re, all the other companies but it's ultimately for me what makes me go to a company is the opportunity that's put in front of me and the challenges put in front of me but maybe that's that's unique maybe i need more gizmos and and whizding things in my life but i'm old i'm 45 folks this doesn't sell me on on a job but it's cool that Jet's doing it. But I also think they're jumping on the bandwagon. So again, as I said, I'm neutral. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I think culture is is, uh, is important, but it's not going to convince me one way or the other no. to take a job there. But uh, you know, if I can see what it's like, and I've heard good things about it, okay. Why not? Why not? I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take um, a stab. But you could also capture that and just you know throw it on video too. I know exactly. Normal. But, but anyway, all right. Story number two. Uber. Uber. I've never Uber. heard of this company. Uber. Uber. Uh, we've talked about Uber, I don't know, a lot. We've talked about the Uberfication of everything. Um, and uh, you might remember that uh, our friends at Nokia 
uh, were selling their here mapping business uh, some time ago, and we, we reported on that on the show. Uh, and Uber was one of the bidders in that uh, battle for here, uh, and they lost. Uh, instead, uh, that uh, the here um, platform went to a combination of Audi, BMW, and Daimler uh, Mercedes Benz for $3.1 billion. Um, and when that happened, Uber turned its attention to other mapping assets. Uh, specifically, they acquired some from Microsoft Bing. And um, now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. So this week they announced that uh, they have uh, struck a deal with uh, the navigation company TomTom. Tom, and combining the TomTom Tom data with some of the stuff that they've, uh, they've got from the, uh, the Microsoft uh, acquisition, they are now making, uh, basically, uh, anyone who's an Uber driver now has exclusive access to mapping and traffic data uh, through the Uber app uh, powered by TomTom and, you know, the, the, the Microsoft assets that they acquired. So here you go. Um, so we're not, uh, we're not using Google Maps. We're not using Apple Maps. Uh, if, you're Tom -tom, if you're an Uber driver, you're using TomTom's Maps. Uh, again, this is not... I, I, I don't know the importance of this, Who other cares? than you know we're, uh, we're as a company like you know Uber is basically saying like you know, we're controlling our whole ecosystem, um, and if you're an Uber driver, this is what you're going to do. I, I don't know. If, I don't see this as any competitive advantage at all. No. Um, no, I don't. But it's nice that you own your own mapping platform. That's great. Which has advantages when it comes to other things like shipping and logistics and. That world, when you go up against FedEx and, and UPS and, and people like that, as far as Uber drivers are concerned, uh, it's a whatever. So there you go. You know, I, I, same same mixed feeling about that as you you are. You know, I think that Uber missed out an opportunity with you know to acquire their own platform. Maybe this is a a stopgap with TomTom. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I still think of the location operating system right now being owned by Google. I just it, yeah. they own it right now, and, yeah. and nobody's. Seen and we'll it talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. All right, a third story. Oh, man, I am so thankful, Asif, that the only uh, medication or anything that I put, any pill factor that I put in my mouth or anything in pill form that I put in my mouth is vitamins and not medication. I'm knocking on all the wood I could possibly knock on. Because, uh, you know, I've seen uh, my father-in-law who's a diabetic and a whole bunch of other things, and he has to basically take 38 pills a day, and he always forgets, always forgets. Like, we're sitting there for dinner all the time, and uh, Nancy, his wife, my mother-in-law, says, uh, Oh, Paul, did you take your pills? He's like, Oh, no, duh. And he pulls out this big <laughs> container, and he has to, like, basically scoop out 47 pills and eats them all. And so it's always a challenge, especially as you get older and, uh, and you need to take these pills for your health. Um, so enter a company called PillPack, and um, what's unique about PillPack, um, among other things, is that it basically aggregates a whole bunch of data from a whole bunch of pharmacies, pharmacies around um, uh, local local pharmacies, and then it, the service is really cool because what you do is you just type in, a, you give them a little bit of information like your name, your address, um, your location, and it basically it, it, because it knows all this information from from the pharmacies, it pulls in your 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 prescriptions, which is which is cool, and you've given it all the permissions to do that, of course, but. Um, what it typically would do is like a reminder. So this is this is a service that they say is that they aggregates all your your prescriptions and then it'll ship you all your prescriptions, so you don't have to worry about going to four or five different places mm -hmm. to get it all. But then uh, they have this app, which is the coolest part of this. It started off as an app that was basically a re pill reminder. So it would say, okay, here are all your pills because we know who you are and we know what pills you're taking. 
ding, 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 take them, 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 which there are 460 other apps on the apps in the app stores that, that do this already. But here is where they take it a step further is that say you have to take your pills when you arrive someplace, like say the office, you decide that I remind me when I get to the office to take this pill. Sometimes for me, it's an, an Advil or two, uh, and I don't need any reminding at that point. So what it does is that as soon as you get within proximity of your office space or wherever it is, it says, hey, here's your reminder, location-based alerts to take your medication. Awesome. I think that's very, very, very cool. I think it sets the sets the world uh, ahead of them when they're thinking like this. They did a study on this, and, and what they found was that, hey, you know what? There are a lot of companies that are offering reminders for pills, zero apps in the app system, in the entire ecosystem that are offering location-based reminders. So this is what they're doing, and I couldn't love this more. PillPack is the company. TJ Parker very, very cool. is, the, uh, is the guy who started that off. PillPack. Awesome. I like it. All right. Four story over to Charlotte, North Carolina, hmm. where a company called Price Local uh, has launched. That's all one word, Price Local. Uh, it's in five metropolitan areas. It just launched this Tuesday. Uh, Charlotte uh, being one of those, Ann Arbor, Austin, Denver, and the uh, twin cities of um, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, I would think. Uh, I don't know any other Twin Cities. It just says Twin Cities. Never so, so there you Unless go. This is another one. I'm not uh, sure. This was started by a guy named Matt Chosid, who was uh, the former uh, general counsel of Borders, the book company. And uh, what they've done is, is it's a, a service that he describes is about reversing the habit of showrooming. And you can imagine in the book business, uh, the bricks and mortar book business, you know what a problem that became. Uh, enter the likes of Amazon. So he knows a lot about that, I would think. And so what this service does is it embraces Amazon. It lets shoppers browse for products on Amazon and then connects them up with local retailers who are willing to match the price in your neighborhood. Hmm. Smart. Pretty simple. Yes. And I like it. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that a lot too. Just go to getpricelocal.com is the uh, is the URL for that getpricelocal.com and uh, you can take a look at that and especially if you live in one of those five uh, five cities I, I I mean it's simple it's yeah. smart uh, I like it and and it's immediate yeah right and there's no haggling like you don't have to come up there with yeah. a, you with know a it, price. It, it's it's um, and, and you know I think the you know bricks and mortar still has you know that one thing going for them which is you know the human experience and the ability to actually touch the product Oh really? Well, it probably flies right into our next uh, next story. See, yeah, it's like you knew what was coming. Yeah, my God, you're gonna you, you know your transitions are awesome. They're way better than mine. Mine are awkward. And I fumble all the time. Yours are like, and then this. It's like, wow, you got me here to our fifth story, which is uh, Sing Post, also known as Singapore Sing Singapore Post. Uh, this is a huge publicly traded company that uh, is trying to change the way that retail works. Now, we've heard this so many different times, but now they're trying to design the mall of the future. The mall of the future. I wish I could accentuate my voice that. So uh, they have what they're calling nearly 269,000 square feet uh, in this mall. It's going to be opening up in 2017 in Singapore. Obviously, it's a Singapore Post Center. And it's going to let shoppers test the products out before they purchase. So that basically you can go in there with a hands-on experience and test the product out. And then you can buy the product 
order it online and have it shipped to your house. So, uh, you know, so what they say is that you can go to all these different retailers inside of their mall and you don't have to carry around your products. You go and have a coffee. You go and have an ice cream. Go and do what you got to do. Get your nails done. Get your hair done. Do whatever you got to do. But then it, when, when you leave, basically you don't have to worry about carrying all the stuff around. It'll be shipped to your house. These guys are also incidentally, um, Sing, Sing Post are actually also looking at uh, drone delivery. So uh, can you imagine that as you're flying home and your drones are flying over you as well or you're driving home? You're, you're, you're I, I think I, I think this is a great idea, and I'm surprised, yeah, pleasantly surprised that it's the postal office, po yes. you know, the post office that's doing this. Well, they have I mean, to. Obviously, they're you know they're doing the shipping part of this. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they're the ones building the mall, and finding the tenants and saying, "Hey, put all your stuff in here. People can come play around with it." And then basically place their orders, and we'll make sure it gets it gets into their hands. I, I mean, this is this is what the post office should be doing. You know, it's so interesting that they actually IPO'd though. Like, how how many how many uh, post offices or postal companies have have IPO'd? Yeah. Like these these guys had an IPO in two thousand and three. Yeah. So, uh, but one of the things that they that this reminds me of is the old consumers distributing model. Oh, right? remember that? Love that company. Well, back like when we were young, Asif. Um, we had something called catalog shopping, right? Like it was way back mm -hmm. in the day, and we would go and we would uh, go to a location in a mall, and uh, for me it was Westgate Mall here in Ottawa, and it was consumers distributing, and it was basically a giant warehouse. And if they didn't, you could order your stuff from there. If they didn't have it on stock, they'd ship it to you or or bring it into that mall. And uh, this this is, sounds very much like this: smaller square foot requirements because the inventory doesn't have to be there. All the inventory doesn't have to be there. So you got a place, obviously a warehouse where all the product lives, and then you've got this mall, which can 269,000 square feet, which can jam a lot of stores in there. I mean, with, with smaller footprint. Amazon should be doing this, no? Well, that's that's interesting, and and uh, Canada Post should be doing this, and the U.S. Post everybody should, should be, be doing, doing this. this, and and you know Canada Post has rebranded. That's our postal system, obviously, yeah. uh, has rebranded themselves as the e-commerce delivery company. So anything that you buy is obviously they're looking for partners with uh, with all the e-tailers on the planet. But as we know, and it's painfully obvious that hey, you know what? Perhaps retail isn't dead yet. It's a funny thing. I, I just like on that story. We had a, um, a, you know, we had a, I have a bunch of meetings every day with Foco, and one, one of them was a, with a uh, with a company that we're trying to do some work with, and uh, and one of them came in. We sat down. We had this meeting a couple of weeks ago, and the guy, one of the guys that was in that meeting, he was young, and he said, uh, you know what? Well, we all know, and Foco's in the retail space, right? We do messaging for retail, and the guy says, well, we all know that uh, retail is dead. You know, physical bricks and mortar is dead. In fact, the it, you know the gap will be out of business next year. Right, uh, you know that kind of young naivete that happens mm. when you think you know everything in the world, and then and and almost immediately, I looked over at my CEO, who's uh, Mark Zingara, who's great, great, great guy. He's like, uh, oh, like I just see his head. Okay, well, that big X through you, right? Uh, if you don't understand that the retail space is is not dying, it's just in, in a, a massive shift, um, but it's not dying. So maybe here we're talking about post offices becoming yeah. retailers, two hundred sixty-nine thousand square feet. And that is the Singapore Post Center. So don't go into a meeting and tell everybody that person that knows much more than you do that retail is dead, because it ain't. All right, Far see, from five it. stories. Wow, that was fast. Yes. Well, what are we gonna do now? That was it. I think you have a resource, don't you? Five, five stories. Yeah, five stories. And now we're into the resource part of this area. Um, you know, this is a. Uh, where is my resource here? I have it here. Oh, there it is. Yes. Um, 
You see how organized we are here? We're doing this live and on the fly. I'm just telling you, we don't do a lot of editing here. We're always doing that, though. Yeah, exactly. This is this is very <laughs> much. Uh, yeah. So our resource of, uh, of this week is from Localytics. It's a server that they did, and and they found out. And get this, Asif. This is like one of those miracle things that that I know that everybody's been waiting to hear, uh, and maybe you haven't deduced it for yourself. But uh, hey, users want more mobile personalization, and guess what? Location is at the core of that personalization. Can you believe it? I, I don't I don't believe it, Asif. I think it's all horseshit. Like this is just it can't it's not true. It's not true. What we've been doing for two hundred fifty nine episodes is not true. So uh, this is a really interesting um, uh, actual uh, summary of that camp of the of the survey that they did because if you don't know anything about mobile apps, this is absolutely wonderful for you because it, it walks you through what people use, what types of people of apps people use, the number of times they try uh, new apps before they stop, the top five reasons why people stop using apps. I'll tell you the number one is I don't need it anymore. Mm. And it's pretty much accurate. Like we always have that moment where yeah. you're at, at an event and you downloaded the event app and then you don't need it anymore. Um, yeah. It's like Rob. I mean, he, he you know he used to have Tinder on his phone and he doesn't <laughs> need it anymore. I don't need it anymore. And it's gone. It is. It it, it it's gone, <laughs> for sure. It's, it's gone. Um, it's all research, anyways, right? Is that mm-hmm. what I, that's what I say? Um, so uh, you know the number of smartphones that they app uh, that people use regularly, and uh, do you see, foresee yourself using more or fewer apps in the future? And then I'm not going to tell you the answers to all these things, but what people m- most want from the apps in the future? Here we are. It's a tie. Uh, well, there's there's three of them, obviously, but there's a tie for a second. So in third place is anticipate my preferences based on location. So we're starting to see some location data, and mm-hmm. this is very important. And then the next one is the most requested forms of personalization. Ah, what is it? Number three? Number three, the app knows my location and factors that into con- content displays or push messages sent to me. So obviously, the most important thing that we can take away from here is that people stop using apps when it's not personalized to them and it doesn't bring them value. Location and context it just creates an incredible bubble of value around your user. So why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? It's so important. So important. And, uh, you know, I preach this every day when I'm in FOCO is that, you know, retail, being inside of a retail store and trying to send out a message and being outside of the retail uh, store and sending a message is two completely different contexts, right? And uh, location is obviously a huge part of this. So um, do we want to send this? uh, Am I going to send these guys? Yeah, uh, we'll have it up on the research uh, page at the LBMA. The LBMA.com forward slash research. And it's it's a great uh, study by Localytics. Localytics. Yeah. All right. Good resource. Okay, see if you just got to power through five, five, five stories, and the second one is the one that I'm the happiest about. So, all right. Uh, we'll so we'll we'll, uh, we'll go super quick, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll have an extra minute for that second one. Okay. How's that? Sounds good. All right. First story is uh, from our good friends at Coca-Cola. I, this is a story that actually happened uh, over the summer, but uh, I uh, neglected to mention it at the time, so I thought I'd bring it back up because somebody reminded me about how cool it was. Uh, and that is uh, in Israel at an event called uh, Summer Love. Uh, they Coke launched something I called. I already like it. I already like it a lot. Yeah, Coke called something uh, launched a campaign called Wish in a Bottle. Uh, what happens is is while you're at this event, um, which is an outdoor event, you open up your bottle of Coke and you look up to the sky, and there is a shooting star in the sky that shoots out on demand. Uh, you know, based on uh, on when you open this bottle of Coke. How does this work, you ask? 
the bottle includes a transmitter that's shaped like a star, which uh, basically makes this like IoT connected bottle kind of thing. When the bottle is open, it triggers a Wi-Fi signal to be sent to one of three drones that are flying at a thousand feet above this festival. It's so cool. And and then the drones basically launch fireworks that resemble a shooting star as soon as they receive the signal. Coke rocks. Coke rocks. So there you go. Wow. Wish in a bottle at the Summer Love uh, event in uh, Israel uh, brought to you by Coca-Cola. All right. Second story. The one Rob's really excited about, I'm excited about too. Google announced this week. Google Maps specifically announced this week offline navigation and search. Um, This is huge. So we all know the situations where, uh, you know, especially when you're traveling and you're not in your... uh, you know, on your data plan or whatever, and you're searching for Wi-Fi, and then, you know, you leave the hotel, and the Wi-Fi is gone, and you're like, uh, I'm trying to get to this place. I'm in a place I don't know, and, uh, uh-oh, my map's not working. And uh, so what am I, am I are they going to pay a lot of money to get it to work? Um, or, I, you know, I just don't use it. So here we have offline navigation and search. And uh, this, this is powerful stuff. So we've, they've had offline to some extent before, but this now includes turn-by-turn voice directions, you can search for specific destinations, um, uh, and a whole bunch of like other rich data, you know, um, phone numbers for, uh, for places, uh, you know, uh, rankings, all that sort of stuff uh, that, that uh, you know, would come with uh, place listings and things like that. All of that available uh, in offline mode now, no Wi-Fi or connectivity required. So good, so good. It just extends Google's reach and lead in in uh, basically location as the operating system, and and I have, I, I you know I'm I'm so reluctant to use any Google products. I mean I'm a Gmail guy, but as well, but um, I use everything on the Mac platform. I don't use Chrome, but I mm-hmm. cannot get away from Google Maps. It is the best product out there. No, I, it's the only one I use really. Yeah. Excuse me. Ugh. So I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how anybody competes with with Google at this moment, but you know, as they say, there's always a chance that somebody else. But every time I use Apple Maps, it it just sucks compared to Google Maps, and there's just there's nothing that compares to it. And I'm not a Google fanboy, as you know, but this is this is a stellar, this is a great product. It's just it, a great, it's a, it's a great offer. Yeah. So there you go. All right, our third story. Our friends at Verve Mobile announced this week a partnership with a company called Moat. That's spelled M-O-A-T as you might expect. And what are they trying to solve with this partnership? It's about creating viewability and measurement tools around display an- analytics. Uh, so in the world of location-based advertising, uh, and there are several players in that space, uh, I won't even name the names right now because I don't want to uh, uh, take away from the from what Verve is doing here. Um, you know, one of the challenges we have in the industry and in advertising in general is how do we verify whether the ad is actually seen? Um, you know, at the right time, in the right place, by the right person, or by a person at all. Uh, and too often, you know, we have all these bots uh, out there that are, you know, basically faking click-through rates and uh, and see-through rates and whatever you want to call them. And um, it's a challenge. So Moat uh, is a company that tries to solve this and uh, basically try to verify that it's a real human that, in fact, viewed that ad, that, that clicked on that ad. Um, and it's not just uh, a bot that's doing this. So, uh, so there you go. So, um, not just you know good location-based uh, audience segmentation and targeting for these ads, but now uh, a way to actually verify and and uh, you know quantify uh, that these things have been viewed by real people. I like it. 
very much. Go Verve. All right. Now, uh, back to the world of augmented reality. Uh, and our four-story uh, member news story is Blipper. We haven't talked about these guys for a while. Over to the UK. Um, you may know that uh, we just uh, came through uh, what we call here in Canada Remembrance Day. Others call Veterans Day. Others have different names for them. But uh, the Royal British Legion in the UK teamed up with Blipper this week uh, to uh, celebrate, um, you know, all the folks that uh, that fought and, and uh, for us in the uh, in the wars and uh, continue to fight for us uh, as well and um, keep us safe. And especially in light of what's going on in Paris right now, um, you know, I can't say enough about uh, you know our soldiers, past and present. But anyhow, um, as you know, uh, the symbol of uh, Remembrance Day here in Canada and around the world is uh, is the red poppy. And so Blipper, uh, in full augmented fashion, created an interactive red poppy flower, uh, you know, around the uh, Royal Legion's emblem. And uh, that was made visible in partnership with uh, a whole bunch of the major newspapers uh, in the uh, in the UK. So this includes the Times. Express, I, The Telegraph, The Daily Mail, The Star, The Mirror, The Evening Standard, and The Metro all work together. Wow, newspaper companies working together, all doing the same thing for a good cause and, um, and for remembering uh, an important um, uh, event in, in, our, in, our, in our world's history uh, around the war and the poppy in particular. So if you had one of those newspapers in the UK this, this week, uh, you could basically visualize an interactive red poppy brought to you by Blipper, uh, layered on top of whatever the content was in the in one of these newspapers. So there you go, good stuff, Blipper. All right, fifth story, uh, Spotify, another good company. How do you use Spotify, Rob? I'm a an Apple Music. I just uh, subscribe to the Apple Music uh, family pack, so my kids are now on it, and my wife. It's it's. I'm on I, it. Too. I love it. I love I'm Apple, on Apple music. music, but I have used Spotify. So have I. Yeah. And uh, they, I, I may get back to it because apparently I'm I'm on Rogers over here, and oh, you uh, get it free, right? Apparently Rogers has it free now, yeah. so I gotta I gotta I gotta have to like at least explore it again. Um, free is good alongside my Apple Music, but anyhow, uh, so it's not just you know listening to music anymore, uh, you know, or streaming music, I should say. It's actually now using all of, all of its uh, data that they've been collecting for years on what people listen to and what their likes and dislikes and trends are around music and their, and their taste preferences. Uh, so taking all that algorithmic data that they have, uh, both on Android and, OI and iOS, they've launched a new feature uh, called Concerts. And what this is, is they, uh, using data that they're pulling in from Songkick, they are now going to push you recommendations uh, on uh, your favorite artists and, and other artists that seem to match that criteria that are playing at venues nearby, so locate, completely location-based with the tour date and the information all coming from Songkick. Uh, so nearby concert recommendations based on all the data they have about you. I think it's it's smart. It's pretty smart. It's pretty smart. Remember, what was it, Last.fm was trying to do that as well uh, way back yeah. in the day and in, in, in the early days. And in fact, I, I used to run a, a website a long time ago um, called trackmyconcerts.com mm. and it was basically a place where you could track your concerts follow your you artists, only track like, Springsteen there was no other concerts yeah I know but I did I mean I had uh, yeah. I had springsteentracker.com as well at the time And but this one you could track all your concerts and then be notified when they were in your city or similar acts and we were way ahead of the game that was my buddy and Rod and I way back in I mean 2000 and 
2003. That's how far. That's that, that's wow. just it didn't go anywhere. All right, so those are my friends. Yeah. the top. Five I do have one bonus story if you want me to throw it in. All right, yeah, I do. A, just a very quick acquisition of note uh, yes. that happened this week. Uh, our good friends, Misfit, oh, the wearable yes. companies. You know the shine. Rob and I had both had these shines. I do. Um, I mine's a in a drawer somewhere now. But uh, yes, Misfit was acquired by a real watch company. Can you believe it? How Fossil, great. the Fossil Group, acquired Misfit this week for two hundred and sixty million dollars. I love that company. Like I, I love that company. Sonny Vu. He, I mean, I had him on on Tether.tv as an and. I just, I was so uh, enamored by what he was doing and, the, and his concepts and the things that he was doing and then how he branched out and how he connected the watch or, you know, the wearable to the lighting. So anyways, what a great company. And the fact that Fossil picked them up, that just, that amplifies Fossil's brand in my mind. It's yeah, smart all, all these like traditional watch companies yeah. that kept saying, you know, this wearable thing ain't going to go anywhere, watch, our watches will be around. What, what is this saying? This is saying, hey, this is... This wearable thing's got some legs. Well, and tag, um, tag. You better get into this business. Well, tag partnering with instead of building our own. Yeah, and then that's it. And tag partnering with Apple to do the. Uh, to yeah, the, I mean, absolutely. Like, what so. we we start to see these kinds of things emerge. But I, uh, Sunny Vu is a hero of mine, and and uh, what he did with with Misfit, the way he got it into the Apple Store right away, the way he designed the product, the, the attention to detail on the product, the the chassis, everything around it was so great. Yeah. It was, a, it was a beautiful product. Yeah, so I am ecstatic that uh, that he he earned, that his investors earned, that his employees earned, and you know what? And, and two hundred sixty million. Uh, you know, that that's a reasonable yep. valuation. Well, it is con considered not like these. You know, things where we're, we're hearing five, six billion dollars for like nothing. Yeah, with no revenue. And they have product in market. They have multiple products yeah. in market. Yeah. They have a like they have a low end, a high end. They have lights and light bulbs, and they have a bed strap. That Real. Goes yeah, like hardware, I know depreciates, Rob. And he, you know what? Uh, anyway, if you're interested in right? Sunnyvoo, it's an asset. Actually, yeah. it sits on in books and depreciates. I know. It's just it's amazing. And and yeah. uh, but if you're interested in Sunny, his story, I mean, still resonates today. You can learn a lot about him. Just go to untether.tv and search up search up Sunny or Misfit, and and you'll find out. Uh, that was a good sick story. I, I'm I, I was going to mention it, but I totally forgot. There you go. All right. All right, well, okay. I think we're done. Six stories, six six member uh, stories, and uh, five industry news stories, and our resource from Localytics. I have a here's a uh, lighter side of the way to end this episode, Asif, if you'll permit me. Uh, you've heard of uh, of this of this game called uh, Fallout. Have you heard of Fallout? Yeah. So Fallout Four came out last week, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this statistic. It's actually uh, quite sad, but apropos, is that I think that Fallout Fallout did 12 million copies shipped. Um, so basically it's one of the most popular games on the planet, right? And, and 12 million copies pre-ordered shipped. Um, but they're saying that, uh, Pornhub, <laughs> the internet's number one porn site had a 10% drop in, uh, user visits, uh, the night that, uh, that Fallout 4 <laughs> the was released. Yeah. They're saying that, um, it says the, uh, it says traffic among gamers, um, started to drop around 5 a.m. and continued uh, till around 3 and then it picked up again obviously and then it um it started to drop again from 6 until 11 p.m. and then as as uh TNW um says that they basically presumably the gamers needed a release after um hanging out and wandering around desolate wastelands collecting wow. camps and fighting off marauders 
that uh, they just couldn't deliver. Anyways, so there's you go. The lighter side of the day is that um, 10% decline in porn consumption when Fallout 4 was released. Now you are fully educated. Go take on the day, my friends. Wow. Go with that knowledge. On that note, yes. <laughs> yes. AK. Hey, Thank you. We will be back for 260 next week. Uh, good luck this week. Um, and you're in the city this week? Or are you? I, uh, I'm still in the city, yeah. You're in the city. Defend the castle, my friend. We will, will see you in 260. Everybody, yeah. have a great week. See you later. And our thoughts and prayers, obviously, to everybody in Paris right now. Paris and Beirut. Crazy, crazy week. Paris and what a terrible, Beirut, yes. Yeah, terrible fucking week. Crazies are everywhere. Mm. Protect yourself. But that doesn't mean protect yourself in that way. Just be smart. Be smart. We'll see you next week, folks. All right.